Hi, Peter. How are you? Ah, uh, well, I have to say, it's it's started. <sighs> I went, uh, me, and, me and Mrs. Ten Minutes went out at the weekend. We went out to see a band called Muse, popular music group, uh, out at the O2. And it's uh, a bit of a journey. We were going out on Sunday. Lovely day. A bit like today, actually. Beautiful day all day. And it was all, you know, busy, central London, lots of people milling about, lots of people on the tube, on the underground. And it's not a complicated journey, but there's a couple of stops along the way. And it's quite busy. So uh, my wife got a seat okay, and I was standing. And there was this big bloke sitting down, you know, tattoos, beard, piercings everywhere. And he's just doing the, you know, the man stands, you know, man spread or or whatever it is. And he, he looked up and caught my eye. Oh God! Here we go. It <laughs> looked like he'd been having a, having a beer, uh, and he said, "Oh, I'm terribly sorry." He said, "I was in a world of my own. Would you like to sit down?" Oh no! Oh. <laughs> I'm getting off a seat on the tube. <laughs> I must have looked particularly frail that day because it happened again on the next leg of the journey as well. Somebody said, "Would you like to sit down?" Is that the first time that's happened? It is the first time it's happened. So it started. This is this is it. You know, I'm a long, slow decline towards incontinence and uh, a Zimmer frame. <laughs> Did you accept the seat? It starts here. No, no, no. So no, I'm fine, thanks. Uh, thanks, appreciate the, appreciate the offer. I'm fine. So grabbed hold of the handrail, really firmly to show the arms off. You know. <laughs> oh, I'd, I'd take full advantage of it. It's like two right. Yeah, give us your seat. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I've earned this. Uh, and on that note, welcome back to the Measuring Up podcast, the UK's first, and as far as we're concerned, favourite commercial genre podcast. I'm Peter Millard, and as well as running a virtual 10-minute workshop for YouTube, I also run a small but far from perfectly formed carpentry and cabinet-making business in the no-man's land of West London. And I'm Andy McClellan, and I don't run a cabinet-making business up in Newcastle-upon-Tyne, and uh, I run a YouTube channel and various other bits and pieces all around the internet, and every couple of weeks... From now on, for season four, we get together in our internet cafe and we have a chat about all things woodworking and making stuff and a bit on the business side of things. And what else do we talk about? I can't even think. Oh, I don't know. Whatever rubbish springs to mind, you've managed to preempt my first question for season four, which is going to be... Have you got any time to do any woodworky, jobby job type stuff? Because everything you seem to be doing, the last job that you shot video on for YouTube was your Oak Alcove units things, which yeah. seems like forever ago. And everything you've done on YouTube since then seems to have been uh, businessy type stuff, talking about comments, talking about YouTube, um, a different, you know, a bit of a transition. And I don't mean you're going to turn into Andrea or anything. I mean, you know, <laughs> you're you're switching away from doing maker-type stuff, going into a bit more DIY-type kind of stuff, uh, and no no paying work on the horizon. Have You you, you made a little bit of an announcement uh, at the end of your most recent video, and, and you've you've done one on uh, to your Patreon supporters yeah, as well. well. It's, it, it, Go on, spit it out. The thing is, it sounds like this massive change that's just happened, but it, it's really been very transitional and very... Very slow from my perspective, but eventually you do. It kind of gets to that point where I'm going to have to say something um, because people are going to notice that I'm just not doing customer projects anymore. And uh, and it did eventually come to that point where, uh, you know, I've got my company sitting in the background, my my woodworking business, where um, it's mounting up costs just 
doing nothing. You know, the, there's business running costs. Yeah. Um, if if you're literally yep. not running a business, you've got insurances and vehicle running costs and yep. and bank charges and all sorts of other things that just mount up in the background. Um, and accountancy fees, you know, well, they won't be going away. Let's just, say yeah, yeah. Away. <laughs> um, and eventually it got to the point where it's like, it, it doesn't make sense to keep that entity hanging around any longer. And because I've never really spoken to anyone, I've, I put out a thing on my Patreon and, and whatnot, but I haven't really spoken to anyone about this yet. Yeah. I haven't put anything out on YouTube and I, I don't think I'm going to, I dropped, no. A quick, like uh, a hint yeah. in in my last video, and that was kind of a you know, if you want to know about this, here's you can, here's where you can find out. Yeah. But I don't want to alienate my entire audience by just saying, you know, this is what I'm doing with my personal life. Yeah. To to be blunt, you're 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 making so much money out of YouTube now that you're going to buy a second house oh, yeah. and fix that up just to make YouTube videos. As, as I've got the general gist of it. That's right. right. Yeah. So yeah. the yeah. the Ferraris parked in the drive on bricks because it's the northeast, obviously. Obviously, yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> this house, obviously, you know, you, you can never have enough houses. So there's a nice little mansion down the road, swimming yeah. pool. Yeah. And, you know, I'm raking it in from YouTube. Yeah, you'll soon get that knocked into shape. Now, in all serious, you're, you, you've decided to go full-time on YouTube. You, you're going to mm-hmm. knock the cabinet-making and carpentry and whatever whatever we call ourselves business on the head. You're going to wind that down, or, or it has been being wound down it's, to the extent It's in the process of I, being and, wound down, yeah. Yeah, I, and, and I've got to say, I'm, I'm kind of in the same situation. I'm doing less and less client work, less and less custom work. Yeah, and there's an old joke actually. It's um, uh, it's about drinking, boozing. It's it's along the lines of you know if you if you miss a single day's work because of the drinking, it's time to give up the work. <laughs> and I, I kind of feel the same way to an extent about, about YouTube and client work. The the client work is just getting in the way of the YouTube work. Yeah, but the the question that's on everybody's the tip of everybody's mind, uh, no, tip on every, everybody's tongue is how are you going to make it pay then? What's, uh, you did a great video on your small business toolbox channel about so you want to be a YouTuber. Uh, how do you make that? How do you make it pay? Uh, which was which was really good and it covered all all the exactly the same kind of points that I would have said as well. Mm-hmm. But. Um, and, and again, you know, I'm uh, not in a dissimilar situation, slightly different circumstances because, you know, my wife retired this year and we don't have a mortgage anymore, but I do have the overhead of the workshop and all that sort of stuff. And I I can't quite make the, the numbers work out for me yet. Um, and I'm not asking you <laughs> to, to show your uh, all your personal financial details, but... Uh, where, where are you? How are you going to finance it? Because you're not, because you, you're not going to have client work coming in. So, which means you don't have the expenses of that either. But for those who don't understand how YouTube works, very briefly, you do get a bit of money from AdSense uh, income, which is basically adverts that get shown against your videos. Yeah. Um, those, those are the ones that you skip before the video starts. Yeah. Yes, exactly, yes. and and that generates a, a, a tiny fraction, you know, fractions of pennies per per view. But then there are other forms of income that you can use to kind of, and I, I refer to it as either 
wheels on the on the vehicle or yeah you you you, you described it as the youtube being the engine but the the extra bits being the wheels and you yeah, know, if you have enough wheels right. on your wagon you can lose one or one falls off you can still keep chucking along basically yeah and you know everything from selling the odd t-shirt on teespring and and like all yeah. of this is like tiny t- you know you i'm lucky if i sell one t-shirt a month you know it's not yeah. like a, yeah, exactly. a big it's an and you don't get the 23 quid, you get a... No, you get like uh, 50% of that or something, you know. Yeah, that's but right. um, once you add up lots of income streams or lo- lots of wheels on your vehicle, it does eventually add up to a, a thing that becomes sustainable. The only problem... I mean, my Gosseth Handyman channel on its own isn't sustainable, but I've got other YouTube channels and everything collectively all has those little wheels and they're all bringing in enough to between them to just not to replace what I was making from the woodworking business, but enough that I can potentially take a bit of a punt, take um, at least a year out, um, shut down my limited company anyway, because I didn't really need mm. it anymore because I originally had the limited company when I was doing loads of commercial work and stuff. And I'm, I'm not really doing that much commercial work anyway. Mm. So I mean, worst case scenario, if things go horribly wrong and I'm just not making enough, I can always just keep doing the woodworking as a sole trader anyway. Yes. You know, that yeah, I've, yeah. I've still got a customer base. There's still people who <laughs> There's still people waiting and, for, for you to get back to them about that alcove unit. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm, I mean, I'm still getting calls and emails every day from existing customers and I haven't really broken the news to yeah. them so if they hear it on here first uh, yeah. hi <laughs> um you you've all been lovely but <laughs> so eventually it just gets to that tipping point where it's like well i'm making enough to survive yeah certainly not enough that I, it would um bring in any significant income but enough that we can get by and my wife works, and she's got her yeah. wage, and she's like yeah, yeah, infinitely yeah. support um, is supportive in in all of this, and she's always been the rock in in my crazy hairbrain business ideas. Yeah, and eventually it just gets to that point where it's look, look, I can put a hundred percent into it and just go for it, or I can continue as I am, where I'm kind of putting about half of my effort into two things, and both of them mm-hmm. aren't. You know, both of them are being held P- back, potentially fulfilling their potential. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and it's a difficult decision because the, the woodworking business yeah, was only well. You're, as I said, you're you're in a different situation to me because you've got relatively young children as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, schools and all the costs that they have too. But you know, we 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 went through everything with a fine tooth comb. We worked out, you know, what can we reduce cost wise? You know, if if I don't have a woodworking business anymore. I don't need a truck. Yeah. There's 1,500 quid a year gone once you add up servicing, MOTs, insurance. So there's 1,500 quid a year out the equation. If I shut down the limited company, no more everything to do with the the base running costs of that. No more audited accounts. Yeah, I mean, just keeping the company taking over is probably best part of two grand a year or something. So that's three and a half grand saved. Um we don't need as big a house as we've got at the minute. And I do genuinely want to do a renovation project because I've I've been in a new build for over six years and it's killing me not being able to do anything. So we can go to a smaller house, extend it, renovate it, build a 
smaller workshop. I don't need a particularly big workshop if I'm not making... You haven't got a particularly big workshop. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, I don't even need that. Yeah. The, the only reason the, the workshop's the size it is, because it was only the size of one garage. It was a single garage, and then I kind of took over a bit more of, of the double garage. But that was because I was working with quite big client projects. Yeah. But if I'm not building huge alcove units and stuff, I, you know, a couple of workbenches will do for most of the work that I'm doing. Um, yeah. And plus, the channel's very much my plan is once I get into this new property and at the minute i don't even know what that property is going to be yet i've got yeah. got it narrowed down that's that's going to be a heck of a search isn't it i mean because you've got to fulfill all of your requirements for a bit of a fixer-upper a renovation project but it's got to be in the right place for schools and all the rest of it exactly plus it's got to be affordable and it's got to be livable in you don't want to take on a complete wreck yeah we're living in a caravan for six months I, you know it's there's a lot Lot of lot of boxes to tick there. Yeah, but so that's going to be quite a, a lengthy a lengthy search. And we're genuinely depending on the property that we end up in, what we might end up doing, um, because of it, I'm envisaging that wherever we buy is going to need a lot of work doing to it. The the mm. properties that we've looked at have all needed, you know, stripped down to the bare bones, new central heating, rewiring, potentially extension. Um, it, it's very difficult to live in a house when all of that's going on. Yeah. And what we would potentially do is just live in a short-term rental for yeah. six months. Six months or whatever. While I get the bulk of the work done to wherever we're moving to yeah. so that at least floorboards aren't up and things once the kids are living there, you know. And I can yeah. take that in. No, no, uh, no pressure then. Yeah. But I can take that in the budget, you know. Yeah. Um would still be better off living in a short-term let, you know, five grand or something to live in a short-term let for six months. Sorry, northeast, northeast rental rent. <laughs> yeah, not in London. <laughs> so northeast, yeah. <laughs> and um, would still be better off than, significantly better off than, than we are now. So yeah. we've just gone through, we've gone through everything with a fine-tooth comb. We've done all the numbers. We can make it work. Worst-case scenario, in a year's time, if it's not working out, I can start ramping the woodworking business back up again, probably just as a sole trader. Um, but at least I won't be sitting there thinking, well, what would have happened if I'd put 100% into it, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it is hard. As you were saying on, on your last, uh, one of your last videos, uh, I think your Patreon one about... How hard it is! Just oh yes, I put I put a little to get your Tuesday video out yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, I've, I've I've we'll talk a little bit more about that later. I've, I've knocked the Tuesday videos on the head in order to uh, put out a weekly a weekly video for my Patreon supporters. Uh, there's some some choice comments on that thread as well. <laughs> oh, I bet <laughs> we'll come back to those. We'll save later. that for the after show. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, let me let me ask you one personal question about your personal finances. Go for it. Have, have you? Because obviously you've got a you've got a yeah, a nice house, new build. And you're going to use the proceeds of that to buy a fixer-upper mm -hmm. and fund the rental. Have you earmarked any of that money to to help you to keep you ticking over while the YouTube business builds more, or is it? Is, are you just absolutely all in on? Oops, all in on on your income 
purely coming from from YouTube and from the associated revenue, so affiliate sales and um, Patreon and, and all the rest of it? We've got a bit put aside, but as I say, once we move, the running costs of everything would be so much lower anyway that just as long as YouTube doesn't, you know, if if my YouTube income suddenly drops in half, and by by YouTube income, I'm I'm talking about all the wheels on this vehicle, not ju- not money from YouTube, yes, not just to um, but if, if all the w- wheels or fifty percent of the wheels fall off this. Uh, vehicle of of content creation then i would probably worry a little bit and we might have to start dipping into savings and stuff but the likelihood of 50 percent dropping off is is, yeah this this is this is that that's never ever happened but in eight years of being on youtube you you might get the odd 20 percent drop and stuff yeah seasonally and this is classic business common sense this is you know spreading yourself out amongst several different potential sources of income uh one of the one of the first business management books i read was charles handy is the empty raincoat in 1993 or four or whatever it was and he was all about he called it a basket of of work opportunities instead of having you know if you think about it if you have a full-time job then then you are completely beholden to that employer you know, it's actually his way of thinking was that you're much better off being self-employed effectively and and having work from many different sources and that's that's essentially what we try and do as well as carpenter cabinet makers we work with lots of different people uh when i was a photographer you know i had lots of different clients in in different areas i worked very hard to make sure that it wasn't all just from i mean so many self-employed people have just one client or two uh, and again there's the old 80 20 rule you know 80 percent of your work will come from 20% of your clients, but you've got to spread that out a little bit. So if you lose, if, you, you know, if you're self-employed with just two clients and you lose one of those, that's, that's a real problem. Whereas, as you say, with the YouTube stuff, uh, you've got the, uh, the YouTube AdSense, the uh, advertising revenue, you've got affiliate links, we've got Patreon, we've got uh, merchandise sales, as, as modest as they are. Uh, more, more potential there. So, as you say, if one of those wheels falls off the wagon, you could keep ticking along, and the, the likelihood of or, or half of them going is is pretty aside. On the other hand, you could be demonetized by YouTube at any time. Yes. Uh, you, you know, put a you could be running a kids channel. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, uh, family channels. Uh, yeah, it's it's right up there between brave and bold. Well, I think, I, I think it's <laughs> for me. I kind of envisage there's a lot of stuff I want to do. And at the minute, I just, well, certainly up until a, a couple of months ago and knocking the, the client work on the head, I wasn't getting a chance to do mm. any of it. I mean, even, you know, even just the simple stuff like having my own Gosford Handyman website kept up to date, I've never managed to do that. I've, it's massively out of date. Mm. I, my My intention with that was always to have a blog article that went with every video I released and not a chance, you know, I'm, I'm still, I'm like, I'm 150 videos out of sync or something, you know, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. 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 And again, in your small business toolbox, when you were, uh, when you talked about this for YouTube, you said absolutely correctly that running a YouTube channel, the, the video 
is just such a tiny part of it. Significant part of it, but you know, this is this is an admin job. Yeah, make no big mistake. style. There, there are so many other uh, fingers in the pie that need attending to, and that's kind of the thing about having lots of wheels on this vehicle, and it's great, but it's it's a gargantuan admin task just keeping all of those wheels running. Uh, as you know yourself, even just affiliate links, yeah. affiliate links go obsolete over time. And if you've got 200 affiliate links to different products, your pretend and, and th- two or 300 videos that link to those products, you're potentially having to go through yeah. two or 300 affiliate links every now and then, check that they're all working properly, make a new link, go into your video, somehow magically know which videos use those links because there's no easy way of searching it on on youtube no um there's no search and replace functionality on youtube um i think there might be in tube buddy but even then i don't think it could do this sort of stuff um update all the links update them across blog articles update them everywhere where you've mentioned the links in comments and you know how how far do you take it and that's just for one little element yeah um and there are there are businesses that run 100% just from affiliate links. You know, all they have is a blog, and they churn out article after article after article. They get really good Google search rankings and things, and the whole shebang is run from affiliate links. Um, And The the, the Wirecutter, the the famous American-based review website, gives you the the best and the better and good of a whole slew of products, every one of those links is an affiliate yeah, link. exactly. And this is, got, yeah. this is a you thing... Know, that's, that's how they make a, the bulk of their money. This is a thing that's gone on for years and years as well, and, and I think it's only p- coming to the public attention now, but uh, even daft little things, like if, you're, if you go on holiday somewhere and the, the holiday company says, oh, here's a bo- uh, bus that you need to book to get from the resort to somewhere else and you click their link, that'll be an affiliate link where they get some commission off the, mm. the bus booking, you know, and, and yeah. th- this is a thing that's existed forever. Because it's a it's a really neat, nice model because it means that you're not having to get bombarded with advertisements, um, which is kind of a scattergun approach of let's just hit everyone whether or not they're interested in something or not. And affiliate stuff, you only get rewarded if the person buys it which is it's the most fair way of handling advertising full stop in in my view you know yeah. if someone wants to buy it they click on the link and the manufacturer passes a yeah. couple of quid your way to thank you for it absolutely and, couple of quid that'll um, be the day yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunately the, the here in the UK we do lag behind certainly the US uh, in that really the only the only companies that are on board with affiliate links are Amazon and eBay oh Tell us about uh, it. You know, uh, so there is so, so, so much stuff that we could link to elsewhere. And the companies just aren't, don't seem to understand it or just aren't interested. If it's too much work for them or or whatever else, I don't know. Uh, it, it does seem bizarre because, you know, as, as you know, small, certainly, but definitely influencers as we are, uh, we you know we can drive some sales. Yeah. That's that's you know we we are good at that. I get immensely frustrated by that because I'm not going to promote another company for free 
full stop, you know, and, and no. it does. Okay. Maybe that's a bit extreme, but generally speaking, if it's a massive conglomerate who are already making millions and millions of pounds a year, then, and they refuse to give me a chunk of that for referring business to them, then I'm not going to refer business to them. You know, it's exactly the same reason I presume that Jimmy DeRest has painted all of his tools white and, you know, mm. why why should you advertise giant conglomerates for, for free? Um, you YouTubers, just, you're just all thinking about money, that's all yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a thing that, you know, smaller YouTubers do need to take this seriously because you can end up really getting used and taken advantage of by some mm. pretty big companies who who are yeah. making a lot of money off the back of you p- recommending their products, you know, and and I'm talking yeah. crazy amounts of money. And uh, we've talked about it before, but I've had a, I've, I've I've had products where there's been two or three thousand click throughs. You you're yeah. y- yourself as well. Yes, and, and um, for some things, you know, if it makes a good video, I don't mind too much. Uh, I'm always happy to promote sort of smaller grassroots um, products that do a good job. We've had a bit of a scribing week this week, and there are lots of little scribing gadgets and very you know, British designed and made from literally one person or one-man band makers making these things. And I'm always happy to, to promote those because they, they're really good and they do a good job. Um, but for an Amazon or an eBay or any other big company, yeah, why why wouldn't there be an expectation of payment? Exactly. I, I, I don't understand why. Yeah. And and a lot of these other, like the British companies who don't operate affiliate schemes, I've been in touch with them and you just get completely ignored. And it's like, no, please carry on recommending our products for free. We're not going to pay you anything. Yeah. And uh, with a lot of it, I've just had enough of it. You know, it's, it's like, well, fine, I'll just not talk about those products anymore um or i'll just continue to link to them on amazon or whatever but i've been in touch with smaller companies as well and the the frustrating thing from my point of view is i know what's involved on the back end to make the affiliate thing work yeah and normally it's a plug where certainly on on wordpress you install a plugin it might cost you maybe 20 quid a month or something for the plugin um but it's 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 very, very straightforward to set up. It's not a complicated thing mm. to set up. And I've been in touch with medium-sized companies saying, look, where they've basically said, can we shower you with tools and you talk about them yeah. and uh, then we'll reap all the... Oh, you get a free tool? Like, Great, yeah. I'll I'll pop off to Asda and see if I can pay them with a second-hand light drill. Yeah. And I've said, you know, well, are you planning on getting anything set up? Because I don't do sponsorships and that's a whole nother topic but yeah. <laughs> um well yeah i was gonna that was gonna be a, a question of mine again well sorry we'll come back yeah to and uh so it really if I, since i'm not doing sponsorships certainly at the moment and i'm hoping to keep it that way um affiliate stuff is the only way of making this work and that's what i've said to them and it's like, oh it's too much hassle to set up and it's like but you're turning over like millions of pounds yeah. a year and all you need to do is put a 20 quid plug-in onto your website and and then, you know, as soon as you discuss the affiliate thing, conversations go dead. And it's like, but I could push loads of business your way from viewers of my channel who are happy to buy your product. And it's, but I'm not going to do it for nothing. No. Um, no, no. Yeah. Anyway, 
but yeah, the sponsorship thing. But what, oh, I was just going to say, obviously, with your with your newfound uh, uh, approach to <laughs> you know being a being a full time YouTuber, are you going to consider sponsorship? Or are you are you just truly going to try and just keep it a sponsor free zone? Uh, and literally, you're you're going to be making your living from AdSense, from Patreon support, from affiliate links, from media sales so yeah. digital stuff like plans or whatever else uh, and through merch you know whether it's teespring stuff or your own mugs and stickers and whatever my intention at the minute is to at the point that you see sponsors appearing on my channel all the other wheels have fallen off okay you know i'll never say never but it's kind of it's literally bottom of my list of things that I want to do, just because it's such a hassle. It's, it's a last it, last ditch kind of thing. Okay, an yeah, enormous okay. hassle. It gets you into these contractual relationships with business, and it kind of takes it almost to the point of well, I might as well just be working for an employer. Mm. Um, you, you, some of the contracts that I've seen coming out from people offer because I've had obviously offers of sponsorship and things, and you know you get companies saying we'll pay you X amount, but we want to retain full IP of your videos. And it's like, what? <laughs> In which case, tell you what, go and, yeah, go and, go and try and have a video made for what exactly. you're paying and, the, and me. <laughs> and you'll discover what the, what the, 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 the pay rates are for uh, unionized uh, video production. And that's not sponsorship. That's using me as a ultra cheap video production company. Yeah. And and really ultra cheap from from what they're offering, and they want full IP, yeah. and and to the point that if they get the rights to the video, then I could get a copyright strike against my own video if yeah. I have that on my channel against your own video if because you I've, it, it's not yeah, my yeah. video anymore, you know, and, and you get all sorts of stuff like that that creeps into contracts, and and eventually it's just like no, get it's more hassle than it's worth, and. But it, I mean, it can be lucrative, and there are obviously channels that make all the money off sponsorship. And I'm definitely not having a go at those channels in any way. Um, I'm just hoping to make it work without having to go down that route. I, I, I want a stress-free, yeah. well, the, a stress-free life as possible. <laughs> okay, well, you're you're going to be the canary in the coal mine for for many of us, I think. Yeah. Uh, watching watching this closely, uh, as I said, I'm I'm kind of heading that way myself. Um, that's a slightly different situation, but I'm definitely winding back on the client work that I'm doing. I've got one set of wardrobes, not even proper wardrobes. They're just sort of an enclosure a pair of sliding doors to go into an alcove because they've got hanging rails in there already. It's a bit of a, I don't know. It's not, it's not going to be one for the video <laughs> archive. That's for sure. Uh, so I've got that to do. Uh, I've potentially got one other for an old client of mine. I've got a guy who wants me to do a, a study desk and study, but he's, he's messing about and I think I'm going to politely decline his kind offer of, making up samples of every possible variation of hardwood and uh, lipping for the desk and some kind of sheet goods for the shelves and everything else. Uh, and other than that, I've not got much on. Um, I'm, I've am i got you know, a whole ton of videos planned that I haven't had time to do. Story of our life. Yes. And, you know, like yourself, 
Uh, I'm in a bit of a weird place with YouTube generally insofar as, and I've talked about this before and I'm not going to go on about it again, but my, my subscriber growth has just plateaued completely, completely tailed off. You know, at the start of the year, I think we, you do as well, we, we set ourselves targets for what we hope to achieve during the year. The last time we spoke, I've gone through the old podcast, you were in a bit of a flat spot as well. But over summer, your, your subscriber growth has gone really well. You, you know, you're, you're romping ahead over 55,000 subscribers now or thereabouts. You, you know, you, I think you set a target of 60,000 for the end of the year. Yeah, it, I mean, it's so variable, though. You get still get these peaks and troughs, and at the minute, I'm back into a trough where things have just <laughs> died yeah well, I, well I, mine's completely plateaued I, I, I say I talked about this before it's like somebody would flick a switch off really early in the year and the subscriber growth has really flattened off and i'll probably the way i'd certainly miss the target which means which was you know to gain another twenty thousand subscribers for this year having gained seventeen thousand in my second year i thought that was a reasonable target to have i don't think i'll even match year two at the end of this year um, but that doesn't matter that much because the whole overall picture is, is actually pretty good. The channel itself has had some very solid viewing numbers. Uh, the retention, all, all the things that you have to monitor as a YouTube channel, retention, click through rates, all that sort of stuff is really good. I don't know why the subscriber growth is, is tailed off, but it has. So I've been experimenting a little bit over, over summer. I tried some, uh, paid downloads, which, which was interesting. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later. And I am I am promoting the Patreon side of things a bit more. And I, as you said earlier on, I put a video out uh, a couple of weeks back just to explain, really, that why I'm going to pull back from doing the Tuesday videos because the, the Tuesday videos that I do always started out as a, as a Tuesday tip kind of thing, just a quick two-minute tip. And then they grew into something else. And, and now we get to the stage where... Whenever I put out a two-minute Tuesday tip, I get a load of complaints. Oh, you should call yourself the two-minute workshop, not the ten-minute workshop. Because obviously, you know, these, these folks haven't been around for long enough to know the backstory. Yeah, yeah. But I've, I've decided to stop doing them. Uh, I've been doing two videos a week for two years. And I'm going to do a – I am doing a video a week for my Patreon supporters, which is sometimes a bit of special content for them. Sometimes it's uh, behind-the-scenes stuff. Sometimes it's just, just a general kind of chatty week in the sh- workshop kind of vlog, and sometimes it's sometimes it's a combination of all of those. But I need to take a step off, back off the hamster wheel of doing two videos a week in order to do that that extra one for the Patreon supporters. And as a consequence of that, the the Patreon supporters definitely grown. Um, you know, we're, we're, we are definitely getting more. I'm definitely getting more Patreon supporters at a, at a higher level, at a higher rate, to the extent now where my Patreon support is bringing in uh, probably half as much again as YouTube ads. So it's it's much more significant in terms of the growth of the of the YouTube business, if you want to call it that. I definitely think there's been a tipping point where people certainly in the UK, are starting to understand Patreon and the value of Patreon a lot a mm. lot more. Um, and I, I do, I, I've noticed that as well, where people are coming across onto the channel where they've said, oh, we've thought about this for a long time and they've decided to take the plunge. And, and you know, please, yeah. folks, 
um, <laughs> support this show on Patreon as well because it is literally Patreon that's keeping this going. Absolutely. I think people are just taking that side of things, getting a better understanding of how that side of things works. I, I do think you've got to be – I always had – when I first started doing Patreon and, and I didn't monetize the YouTube channel at all for the first year uh, and then I started doing Patreon and, and switched on monetization at the end of year one. So I've only had a couple of years of this. And when I first started doing this, people were the, – the supporters I had were just happy to contribute something to, to help me keep making videos, whereas the, the change has happened over the last year or so that folks are, are happy to contribute, but they're expecting more for it, which is absolutely fine. That's you know perfectly reasonable expectation. And certainly doing things like how much did it cost videos, uh, again – they're not widely watched, but they are popular. Uh, they're the kind of thing that do that do bring in new Patreon supporters. And, uh, you know, I, I, again, I'm, I'm sort of feeling my way with this myself, but certainly the sort of chatty vlog type, type videos seem to go down quite well because I, I actually quite enjoy doing those because they're a bit more casual, a bit looser. Um, it's It's just, you know chatting in the workshop kind of thing sticking a, a, a little camera in the corner while you while you empty your vacuum or <laughs> whatever else and that's the really uh, nice thing about patreon stuff as well that I, uh, you don't you're not beholden to the algorithm anymore and i love that yeah. you know it, it doesn't matter whether you put out a short video or a long video or the edit's not quite perfect you know it it doesn't matter because you're no longer restricted by yeah, or am I going to get watch time? Am I going to get like this ideal? Uh, do, do I have to promote something at the beginning of the video that makes people watch all the way at the end of the yeah. video so that, uh, you know, all this stuff that has to go through your mind? Yeah, be sure to stay with us because uh, at the end of the video, we'll be telling you the magic secret of uh, how to grow a beanstalk from just beans. Yeah, and, and <laughs> it's, it's, it's so much more relaxed putting the content out on Patreon when none of that stuff matters. And it's just like, oh, it's it's quite nice. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's it's interesting. Well, we shall see where things go over this coming year, um, and doubtless. Yes, I mean, have, have you set a time limit to your to your the experiment? Are you going to do do it for twelve months and see? Or it's just keeping. Uh, so if you go bankrupt in six, you know, <laughs> not really. It's keeping an eye on the stats. You know that that that's the yeah. key thing. Is just I've got everything. You know, I'm a bit of a fanny when it comes to that sort of stuff. And I've got everything graphed, um, and I'm just because you can look at things in the short term, and it's like, oh my god, ev- everything's going horribly wrong. But actually, you then look at a, gra- a graph can dispel so many myths about how a business is performing, and and you can think that a business isn't doing very well, and then you actually you graph your growth over time, and it's like, oh wow, if it keeps going like that, mm. things could actually work out. And I think that was. Kind of the difficult decision for me with the joinery business and YouTube because both graphs were going up. Yeah. You know, if the joinery business was just flatlining, it would have been a much easier decision to say, well, just knock that on the head and do something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I think that's one thing that people need to understand. I'm not ditching the, the woodworking business because it's not making any money. To the contrary, it was doing really well. Yeah. But for me to grow that into anything bigger... I'd need a bigger workshop. I'd I'd need to take on staff, and it would grow into this animal. I've already been there and done that. I don't want to 
employ staff again. I'm at a stage of my life at the minute where I just want to keep things just me, nice and simple. Mm-hmm. I want to see my kids as much as possible in the very short space of time that I've got before you know, they leave home and stuff. They disappear off to uni or wherever else, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I mean, my son's a teenager now, and, and when I started all this, you know, he, well, not quite a toddler, but not far beyond a toddler when I started all of this, because you've got to yeah. bear in mind, I've been on YouTube for eight years trying to suss all this out. Yeah, I always forget that, I have to say. Yeah. Um, you've been a, you've been around for a long time, and all, all you know, you've had a lot of growth in the last couple of years. And it, it really does take that long sometimes. I have many other failed channels. If you want to see you know, the, <laughs> the truth behind this, you know, just go and look at my beginner drums and Andy Matt drums channel and you'll see like, yeah. what happens when you don't do things quite right. But that that's another whole story. So yeah. that, that's- I gotta say, can you uh, feel free to say no? But you, you say you obviously got your small business toolbox channel, uh-huh. which is uh, growing, and you've got your Andy Mac drums channel, uh-huh. which is. Uh, a bit of a sleeper. You got the Gosforth Handyman channel. Yeah. Well, what's the other one then? That's that's so the beginner drums one. Do you want to talk about that or say no? Well, all it is, it was an offshot of the Andy Matt Drums channel. Basically, when when right. when I, my first channel on YouTube was Andy Matt Drums, where I was just finding my feet, recording a few drum covers, um, and doing a few other bits and pieces, and then I started putting together more structured training content in terms of okay how to play the drums because at that time i, I was yeah. teaching drums in uh, part-time in the evenings when i wasn't working yeah so i started doing much more structured stuff and i put the, str- the more structured stuff onto a separate channel which was beginner drums and i put a crazy amount of effort into trying to build that channel up and looking back i did everything wrong you know yeah, I would rather than putting out videos once a week, I would make thirty videos and then put them all out at the same time because I didn't yeah. know. So you got a that, big spike in viewing yeah. figures, and then, <laughs> and then uh, flat, I, yeah, uh, you know everything about how I did stuff. Thumbnails are terrible; they still are terrible. It's still on my to-do list to go around and sort the thumbnails yeah. on that channel because you know that might actually bring it back to life a little bit. Um, everything is just wrong, <laughs> but it was a massive learning curve. Yeah. Um, but then the core thing that made me kind of press pause on that was when I realized, hold on a minute, what, why is my CPM rate so low on this channel? Um, in other words, what the amount that I'm getting back off AdSense was like really, really low. Yeah. And, and it wasn't until I set up the Goffith Handyman channel where the CPM rate was like way higher, you know, five times higher um, in terms of the what I was making back for the same amount of views. Yeah, and it's and the penny dropped. It's like there's no one spending money on advertising for drums. Every drum shop's going out of business. Yeah, you know, every every week I was hearing of more and more music instrument shops that were going out of business. They certainly don't have money to spend on advertising. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, I, I'm. I would have to completely rethink my approach to that channel because advertising ain't going to do it yeah. because the advertisers don't have any money. Yeah. And <laughs> that that that's a losing battle from square one. Yeah. Um, and there's potentially other things that I can do around that, you know, maybe membership courses or stuff, yes. but I, I haven't got time. Uh, that's not a core focus anymore for now. I might come back to it. Mm. <laughs> maybe yeah. it's fascinating when you start looking at stuff and what what uh, what would make what makes a 
good and profitable YouTube channel. It's it's absolutely not what we're doing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's picking a, a popular subject and doing a talking head video about it. Uh, I was chatting to my dad at the weekend and he's, I'm not going to get into this, but he's, he's very upset about Brexit and, you know, the whole, the whole shenanigans that are going on there. Um, and he was saying he watches this guy on YouTube. I've never heard of him. So I had a quick look at his channel and he does roughly a 15 minute talking head video. Uh, mostly his pieces are just introductions to other clips that he's pulled in from BBC Newsnight or the news or whatever else. I presume he's getting to use those under fair use because he's commenting about them. Uh, and he's, he's putting together this 15 minute vlog and he's getting a hundred thousand views on yeah, those yeah, yeah. regularly. Yeah. Cause it's a popular topic and he's doing that daily. Yeah. He's doing a daily 15-minute vlog on a popular topic. Uh, you know, 100,000 views is going to bring in, just from AdSense, about 150 quid, 160 quid, somewhere around there, daily. That's not a bad little business yeah, it, to be doing five days a week. And you compare that the amount of effort it takes for, for us to put a video together. Yeah, exactly. The, the actual the actual costs are, are him sitting in his front room talking to might be his phone, I don't know, and just cobbling together clips from Newsnight to whatever make yeah, yeah. the point that he's trying to make. Uh, yeah, you know, a, a, a smart a smart business move. Um, much, much tougher to get anything like that sort of interest. Oh, I'd, I'd be delighted with 100,000 views to a video, but I can only do one a week. Uh, <laughs> So I add that up, you know. But that's the thing. When it takes two or three, when it takes two or three days to put a video together, in in terms of like from the birth of that video to like having a project that you can actually film in the first place, yeah, yeah. getting everything actually filmed through to the edit and everything else and everything on the back end that you don't see in terms of promoting it and stuff like that. And then, yeah, as you say, you compare that to a guy chatting in front of a mobile phone or something like that. And to draw a parallel back to my beginner drums channel, if you imagine the amount of effort that we put into a video yeah. and then multiply that by about 10, yeah, that that's what the beginner drums channel was because I had four cameras running at the same time, uh, eight, eight channel multi-track audio, yeah. everything, everything synchronized. So basically 12 channels between audio and video. Yeah. And then the edit would have picture in picture between the four cameras where, you know, you That's could... That's an editing nightmare. ...stuff split <laughs> on the screen. You'll see if you go to the channel. And, and the effort it took, you would... One video would take about a week to, to put together, at, at least. Yeah. Um, and it, it was just, hold on a minute, but no no one's spending money on drum advertising. What's the point in this? Um, so, yeah, eventually you have to kind of look at the numbers and realise, yeah, that's not going to work in its current business model. Um, Yes, indeed. uh, Should we do some follow-up? We're nearly an hour in. Uh, Let's, yes. (laughs) (laughs) We had a message from Jeff chatting about retirement and pensions. Yeah, retirement and and pensions, uh, yeah. He said, I've just been listening to your back catalogue of podcasts and I found much to enjoy. I did find myself disagreeing with one throwaway item mentioned in the podcast, episode 15, and we were saying we won't be able to retire until we're 70. 
um, and he was saying, surely one of the great benefits of a one-man band is that you can retire any time. Um, and the key is that you must make it possible by saving enough so you can afford to retire. Um, so if, if from my perspective, when I when I can't remember who even said it, but all I meant was that that'll be when you'll get your state pension. Exactly. I don't yeah, mean yeah, that's yeah. when yeah. you actually retire, um, because I, I would imagine the state pension by the time I retire will not be worth uh, anything. Yeah. Um, because they keep on upping the age threshold anyway, so exactly. it'll probably be eighty by the time I retire. Yeah. And so all, all I meant by the seventy comment was that's when you get your state pension. Or I think it's sixty-seven yeah. at the I, minute. Or yeah, like I, I know, and I know what Jeff means by this. Um, but I have to say, I do think it's it's a little bit simplistic to say, well, you can retire when you want because because you're self-employed. That's like saying, well, you can take a, a day off whenever you want because you've got no boss to tell you to. Well, yeah, okay, but you know, if you don't get the work done, you're not going to get paid. And if if the reason for for doing the work that you do is to earn a shilling, then you've got to complete the work and get it out of the door. Um, so yes, absolutely, it is. It is within our control and within our power to decide these things. But absolutely, you need to have, have stacked up enough along the way to make sure that you can retire at a point that's convenient to you. You need to have a plan. Mm, but yeah, I, definitely. And whether that's pensions or property or you know this. Uh, and I think uh, this is one of the reasons that I don't like. Uh, a couple of people commented on my. Um, joinery running costs business you know the workshop running costs oh yeah video that i did saying oh you've missed out pensions and it's like yeah but life doesn't necessarily revolve around pensions there's many other things that you can do and it opens up such a complicated can of worms that it's easier for me to just say i haven't catered for pensions but you need to cater for something but i'm not including that in the figures yeah because it's too complicated. It's too big a subject to get into. Yeah. You know, there's so many things that you can do to plan for retirement. Yeah. That was a great video, by the way. I really, really enjoyed that. The uh, oh, thank you. Going through the the various workshop sizes and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, uh, uh, much longer and much more complicated to put together, I think, than perhaps it may have uh, it may have looked if you just watched the video. That was uh, that oh, was, it was a big video. Yeah. That that again, that was a that was a week long project. You know, um, it took a day just going out looking at the workshops and yeah. filming them and and yeah. stuff like that. And because yeah, uh, you've got to get you've got to contact the, whoever the estate agent is and get access to them and all the rest of it. And you know, yeah, just get a, a viewing and yeah, and and yeah, going off and driving into the country just because I thought <laughs> that'll be a bit more interesting than me just sitting in front of a, a chair. Um, yeah. So it's yeah, like trying absolutely. to split it up into something that actually. Yeah. Uh, totally, oh no, you know. Was that on the other video? I that was on the other one, I think. But uh, yeah, the, again, a, a, a classic talking head video, but made a bit more interesting by <laughs> going on a journey as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good stuff. Uh, uh, next uh, bit of uh, follow up we got was from Gareth. Uh, Gareth says, uh, thanks very much for the podcast. Both of you have given me confidence to do some woodwork. You bought some tools and some bits of wood to play with. But the prompt for this email is, with, is that he was able to fix his daughter's playhouse and he has even started making a new door from scratch. Hearing my four-year-old daughter boast that her daddy is making her a special door and fixing a playhouse is worth uh, more than all the money in the world. Although now my wife has told uh, him that he's making some planters and some garden furniture. So uh, uh, it says, thank you for the lessons that you taught him. We are great teachers. Thank you very much, Gareth. That's uh, uh, very, very good to hear. Really, really nice to get a good story from some of the things that we do on YouTube. It's uh, really good. That's really what it's all about, isn't it? It, it? Comments like that 
just mean the world. That that is just brilliant, absolutely brilliant. There, there is no better feeling than having your daughter saying like, "Oh, my daddy made this." You know, it, it's just awesome. Or mummy, yeah. And we got a comment from DBT85 about state of new builds. Um, hi, chaps. In episode 22, Andy mentioned some of the daft things done in his own new build, no earth in metal back boxes, etc. Yeah. This is just as true for the huge nationwide firm that converted my in laws farm barns into a house, two holiday cottages, blah, blah, blah. So many issues that it came to a settlement of over £100,000. Obviously, he's not allowed to name them, or no. um, there's gag clauses as part of all all of this sort of settlement. But uh, yeah. by the very nature of the fact, six years of grief and disruption they they had. Yeah, wow. but, uh, someone someone I know is going through exactly the same thing with builders at the minute, and it's a nightmare. And an extension that should have taken two weeks has yeah. now dragged on for past four months, and it's crazy. It's. Jeez. There's some very, very, very good tradesmen out there, and there are some very, very bad tradesmen out there. If I hear the excuse of a relation has died one more time for why a project's been delayed, and it's one of those which I've heard it now on multiple people who have had work done where the the tradesman has used the excuse of uh, someone's passed away in the family, and I'm, I'm not believing it anymore. Yeah, I'm afraid. Call me cynical, but when when you hear it on every single person who's dealt with a, a particular company, either that or they've got an awful lot of relations who are passing yeah. away. In which case, my condolences. Are <laughs> in very poor health. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Sorry to hear. So yeah. So it, <sighs> uh, he was basically saying specs saying 200 mil of insulation should have been used, but only 25 mil used. Wrong sort of lighting used in the bathroom, which basically meant it wasn't properly waterproof um, because they didn't have the right bulbs. Uh, sorry, didn't have the right fittings in stock, so they just fitted the wrong fittings instead. Yeah. Um, upstairs, tiled yeah. floors laid on normal chipboard instead of proper ply, so the tiles were all coming loose and things, and manhole covers that couldn't take the weight of a car, and uh, just horrible. Awful stuff, and he said that he's very keen DIYer and has done multiple kitchens, bathrooms, and everything up to that point. Every single thing that was done wrong in these buildings, even he could have done it better, yeah. which is, it, it's just frustrating. It's frustrating. As I say, there's, there's so many good tradesmen out there, and they get such a bad reputation based on the bad trades people who are out there. So, well, unfortunately, like uh, like YouTube, like YouTube comments, uh, you remember the bad ones, not the good ones. Sadly, yeah, and, um, and yeah, uh, uh, one of the frustrating things in all of this, and and it comes back to reviews and how reviews these days are just nonsense. Um, and with the person that I know who had this, this nightmare experience, they found their builder off one of these kind of. Um, directories uh, I'll not say which one but they had five star reviews and everything on this directory amazing work blah 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 Right. their experience was absolute nightmare you know everything about how things have been handled has just been terrible and I said well are you going to leave a bad review and they just said oh I think we'd rather just leave no review we don't want any backlash Yeah. and I, and I think that is uh, I'm seeing that time and time again where it it's just making a mockery of the whole review thing 
if the bad companies aren't getting bad reviews because the clients are frightened to leave a bad review. Bad reviews, yeah, yeah. And I'm not quite sure what the answer to that is, if anyone's got any good suggestions. No, oh, I, I was I was waiting, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully you were going to come well, up with one. Never mind, okay. It might be a topic for another... <laughs> another day but uh, one suggestion that i would potentially think about is using a some sort of project manager like a middleman to manage the build um yeah where there's no implications if the project management firm leaving bad reviews and plus they would only deal with builders that they know and trust and mm. because i think part of the problem is is that certainly in my experience of people who i know who have had problems is that they're being told stuff from the builder that is is clearly BS, but they think it's normal practice. Yeah. Um, and as I say, we'll maybe talk about that on a future episode yeah. because I've got some stories there. Yeah, again, I'll, I'll, I can't quite remember when we when we discussed it in the last podcast, but I did talk about my sister's house build, uh, and and they yeah, it's a substantial build, and I, I still don't think it's quite resolved. I'm uh, seeing them in a, in a few weeks, so we'll try and find out. But, you know, a, a big build, a big building firm, project managed properly, professionally, and just every possible thing that could go wrong goes wrong. Uh, the, the big firm subcontracts to people who don't know what they're doing, uh, you know, underground heat source pumps fitted to the wrong spec, so the whole house didn't get heated properly. They've had to put a second auxiliary pump in, which now works, thankfully. But, you know, just a litany of, of you know, disastrous results. And as I say, as far as, I'm aware, as, far as I know, uh, it still hasn't been signed off yet. Uh, years, years. Uh, yeah, three years on. So, and is this an independent project management firm they're going yep. through, or is it yep. is the no, builder project no, management? No, no, totally, firm? totally independent. Full, full, you know, expensive project management. The the there was a big chunk of the budget oh, to well, get this guy in that, to project that knocks management. Knocks my idea on the head, then. Uh, and the and the and the building, yeah, the building firm is, you know, a well respected, uh, mostly uh, dealing with sort of private hospitals and, you know, fairly substantial building projects. This was their, you know, one of their first forays into high-end house building, which, you know, may, may be a, a a question mark as well, maybe a warning sign, but uh, just ridiculous. The whole, the whole process has been really, really shoddy. It's frustrating um, and not knowing where to go to find out the, the reputable building firms, if you can't rely on reviews, then what do you do? You, you can't just rely on word of mouth. It's fine mm. if you're in the business and you know people and all that sort of thing. Yeah. But I'm, I'm not sure what the answer is, but I'm, I'm hearing it more often than not at, at the minute. To, to draw a parallel, a, a neighbour of ours had an extension done by a local a glazier firm who also does yeah. is it orangery or orangery fairly sure it's orangery but yeah an orangery anyway they had a fancy conservatory built yeah that's the one <laughs> and uh, they uh, the whole job was done in two weeks 
It was just amazing. It was like working. It, I was watching them because I was out working and stuff and in and out while they were, they were doing it. And you could just tell they were absolute professionals on what they were doing. They were really polite in terms of making sure that nothing was a hassle for the neighbours, keeping everything out the road, mm-hmm. you know, asking permission before putting anything anywhere that might in any way block anyone in or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and they were done and dusted in two weeks and awesome job. And so how do you differentiate between that and then someone yeah. else doing ex- exactly the same job but taking four months to do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Uh, yes. Do it yourself. <laughs> there, there must be an answer to it. If, any, if anyone's got any good suggestions, please drop us a note. If you go to measuringuppodcast.com and go to the contact form on there, you can get yeah. in touch. Drop us a note. If you've got any fresh ideas that don't revolve around fake reviews and things like that as to how this can be resolved because there must yeah. be a solution to it. There's got to be a solution for it, but I don't know what it is. So if, uh, let's let's get the hive mind working on this and see if you can come up with a, a good idea. Uh, drop us a line, let us know. Definitely. Um, big news, Andy Mack, big news. We're not on YouTube anymore. Not us personally, but the podcast. Uh, we've decided to, to pull back from the uh, putting the podcast on YouTube because uh, it's a lot of extra effort to do it. It's YouTube isn't really the medium for it. This is a podcast and you should be listening to it in a podcast player or through the website if you have to. But really, it's it's supposed to be listened to on a podcast player. We put it out on YouTube uh, simply because it's you know, we are known for having YouTube channels and it's it's perhaps might be an obvious place to look for it. But it's really not a very happy place to have a purely audio medium uh we have no particular intentions to start doing a video podcast because that would be (laughs) far more complicated uh uh, so we've decided we're putting this episode up but this will be the last episode that we're going to put up on our our youtube channel uh, and everything else Uh, going forwards will will simply be through the website or through the podcast player of your choice or indeed the many uh, various other ways of listening to the podcast through stitcher or Spotify or many. There's there's so many ways of listening to podcasts, and you and unless, as you say, unless it's specifically a video podcast where people chatting in a room type podcast, which is being filmed, fair enough. You know, I can kind of vaguely understand that being on YouTube, but the vast majority of podcasts aren't on YouTube anyway. If if you're just relying on YouTube for podcasts, you're missing out on a, a whole world of podcasts. So, um. For the tiny fraction of people who do listen to the show on YouTube compared to how many listen through um, proper podcast players, it's just not worth it. And plus, it kind of complicates matters a little bit as well because people start sending comments in via YouTube and then we don't want to reply to those because we don't want to encourage more people to be using a platform that you you don't really need to use. But then some of the comments are quite interesting and it's like, oh, so it's easier to just knock that on the head. And um, so from now on, you need to get a podcast player. I'm actually releasing a video all about that, uh, which should be out by now, uh, if, you, if you're not sure about what a podcast player is and stuff like that. You're doing videos about um, podcast players. Kind of, yeah. It, <sighs> okay. It's a bit of a promo for this, but uh, <laughs> it's, it, it's, t- anyway, it, it's a video about how to listen to a podcast, basically. 
and and okay. uh, but, but that's a good uh, good audible uh, a good video uh, yes <laughs> a good visual yeah yeah good okay cool but uh, but it should be out by now look, it's, look it's forward to listening to that yeah, yeah, at okay. the time that we're recording this. <laughs> okay got it yeah yeah, yeah right podcast land the pod- podcast uh, laps although which, which is funny because that video is nearly ready to go and my plan was to put it out next week as a bit of a promo for the, this show going live and um now my main podcast player uh, which is Pocket Casts, has completely changed their pricing model overnight. <laughs> and it basically means that 50% of my video that I've already filmed is completely wrong now. So I'm going to have to change it all. Oh, no. I saw that on Twitter, but I, I, I'm not a Pocket Cast user, so I don't know what, what, was it about, what it was about. Oh, the, the, there's been outrage about it. It's so funny. But, you know, if people can moan about something, they'll find something to moan about. Oh, surely, surely they weren't charging for it, were they? It, well, it's a podcast player that you have to pay for, um, but it's only a couple of dollars. Um, but basically they've made it free, so which is great. But there was an add-on where you get a desktop client and some other functionality, yeah. and they've now made that into a subscription model. Into, whereas before, I think you used to have to pay ten dollars for the desktop client, mm. and now it's like a, a dollar a month or uh, something. Yeah, but if it's if it's something you use, just pay for it. But yeah, any fine. any, I have no problem with that. Possible opportunity to complain about something, then people will. And they were uh, give, yeah. everyone who had bought the desktop client, they're given they were giving them. Uh, the it for free for three years to so say your subscription won't kick in for three years time and wow. people still complained so now they've relented and said that they're going to do the subscription thing uh basically if you've already got the desktop client they're saying it's now free for life and i, I don't think they needed to do that to be honest mm. but the, i think it was just to stop people moaning on but the, it's a business at the end of the day but yeah. anyway so mm. what have you got coming up then you so you've got um well i've got actual jobs i've got actual job jobby jobs i've got uh i say i've got these two little sort of silly non-wardrobe type things just wardrobe enclosures which i i pulled all the mdf in yesterday uh i've got to get that sort of i've realized as well i haven't ordered the the sliding door so i've got to get the sliding door track in so i know how what height they they need to be at so i get those trimmed down so i've got to do that before i can paint them uh, but that's they're not going in for a couple of weeks. Uh, I've got those. I've got this flipping desk thing, which I'm not really terribly keen on. This office study refurb. Uh, I may I may just knock that on the head and sell him. Thanks, but no. Uh, I've got potentially some uh, a wardrobe and some shelves for uh, somebody I've done a lot of work for. I did a, a silly little, literally a silly little job video where I was had to match some moulding, some architrave. Uh, to a profile that they already had. This was uh, this was the same client, basically. Uh, so that'll uh, I've known them a long time. That uh, may well happen. But other than that, I've not got much uh, in in terms of jobby job type work. So I'll be sort of rattling on with my YouTube videos. Uh, I've got a sander comparison. Uh, which is shot and ready to go. Uh, I've I got to say, I don't have anything coming out on t- this Tuesday. Uh, I, uh, uh, having announced that I was going to pull back from the Tuesday videos, I then promptly went and did a Tuesday video uh, because I've done a, a three-video scribing series. Uh, first one was last Friday. We're recording this on the Friday when part three will come out. Part two came out on Tuesday, and it's 
just bombed completely. It's been absolutely disastrous. So I don't know how uh, how part three is going to go down. On the scribing one, yeah, part one did really well. Again, I'm I'm getting you know ten, twelve, fourteen thousand views per video at the minute, which is pretty good for a, a channel with my number of subscribers. It's quite a high. You know, it's getting on for thirty percent. It's really good viewing rate. Um, and and then you get one like the scribing the part two of the scribing one, which gets five thousand. I think it's joint tenth of my top top ten of the last twenty eight days. And it's such uh, a frustrating so, yeah. thing when you see that in the. It's the first thing that hits you in the YouTube creator dashboard. Yeah. Basically, That's right. All, to, the, all to, those red arrows pointing down. You know, <laughs> views are down, money's down. It's horrible. Everything's down. I hate it. It it's come to the point where I'm not looking at the stats anymore yeah, because I found that logging into the dashboard and all you're seeing is all these like red down arrows. I, f- I found it really disheartening. You know, it's like, Oh, for God's sake. And and I had, had a stream of videos in a row that every video I put out was just red arrow after red arrow on every video. It, it was almost making me make more and more videos. And I think if anything, that was probably damaging the channel. We'll we'll talk about this on the after show because I've got an interesting thing to tell you about that. But so it's not too much inside baseball. But uh, yes, yeah, sorry, it has been a little bit YouTube heavy this uh, this episode. But then there's a lot to a lot to unpack, a lot to discuss. Let's let's talk before we get in, into the after show. Let's talk quickly about what you did over summer because first show of the season we've had a, a slightly extended summer break. What have you been up to? My bumper fell off my truck. Yeah, I saw that. You made a video of that. That's out tonight. Um. What else happened? What what has happened on We went uh, camping and we got so wet whilst camping, we literally packed up the tent, put it in the bin and booked ourselves into a travel lodge. Wow. Where was this? A lake district, as you can probably... Oh, right. Oh, well, Leo, there, there you go. There's a reason it's called the yeah. lake district. So where the, all the shades of green come it from. It was Grisdale between Coniston and uh, Windermere, I think. And... Yeah, beautiful, beautiful part of the world, you know, and it is lovely. Yeah, stunning, absolutely stunning. But uh, the first day, it was thunderstorms, and uh, the water was just dripping in through a tent relentlessly, and it was quite good fun. And it was like, oh, look at this! It's so rainy. Yeah. By the second day, um, it hadn't stopped raining, and it was turning more <laughs> like Glastonbury and everything yeah it was it was a comedy of errors a, a cat broke into our tent and ate all of our bread uh, there was some sort of massive wasp infestation so even on the brief occasions that it was sunny and you'd sit outside there were so many wasps that we would just have to go back into the tent again oh, wow and then by the by the second night it was another night of just relentless rain and eventually it was like this and and as i say water coming in through the tent because we tent had you know, it was quite an old tent. It seemed better days, and eventually, it's like this isn't fun anymore. Um, mm. The tents had it; it's not fixable, and it's not even worth the effort of, of trying to fix it. It's old, it's tattered. Packed up the whole lot, put it in the bin. But loads of people had just left their tents and just buggered off. And I thought that's a bit cheeky. Oh, really? But yeah, they literally just left their tents in the field and let, uh, like Glastonbury style, oh, which I dear. think you know, at least put it in the bin. If it's no good anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, booked ourselves into a, a little hotel and it was lovely. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> it was so nice. Heating. I've never been so happy yes. to just fall onto a dry bed <laughs> and have a shower uh, and not have a cat eating our b- bread buns in the middle of the night. Yeah, <laughs> so, 
Uh, what about you? Uh, yeah, we had a nice, uh, a nice summer break. We were away. Uh, my wife retired uh, in July, and uh, she retired, and we went on holiday almost straight away afterwards. So we were away for a couple of weeks, which was, was lovely. I came back had a had a big job on. Uh, took a two to three weeks to to sort that out, and then took a week off. And then we had a late later summer break. We have a because uh, the kids are grown and gone these days. We try and have a either a week or a long weekend, sort of bank holiday weekend in August, away with them. And uh, last year, uh, when we did that, it was a dead ringer for your camping trip. I've never been so wet before. But this year, it was like today. It was absolutely glorious. Yeah. So we had a, a weekend in Centre Parks, which is very nice. Uh, sorry, a weekend in Centre Parks, which is lovely. Discovered the joys of electric bicycles. Oh. Electric bikes, just, oh, just fantastic. What an amazing technology. Absolutely, sir. My, my son's bought one. He's got one, and he brought it with him. And it's, you know, obviously the ones we get at Centre Parks are a little bit sort of clunky. His is like a sports bike, and it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, not cheap, but uh, amazing, amazing piece of kit. A good friend of mine uh, runs, uh, set up his own business selling electric bikes. Yeah, Morpeth Electric Bicycle Company, and it's it's just him and one other lad. It's not a big company, so I'll give it. Hello, Pete. How are you doing? Well, he gave us a shot on a couple of the like really high end bikes, you know, your three, four grand ones. Yeah, and wow, they yeah. are um, they are amazing, absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, interesting to see where that whole industry goes. Obviously, the UK is not the best for bike lanes and stuff like that. But. No, that's right. Well, we we were, again we had a week away in Whitstable. Um, my wife's retired, so we're taking a lot more time off. We're, we're going away a lot more. Uh, which again is a good good reason to to wind down the uh, you know the, the the jobby job work kind of things, and we hired bikes uh, just to go down the coast uh, a little way, and uh, when we brought them back, the the owner of the bike hire place was there. Yeah, I was saying, you know, have you got any? To, we're saying that our son's got an electric bike. He's oh yeah, I've got a. Everybody keeps asking about them. I've got to get some. He said, but the trouble is they're so expensive. And I had a quick look around, and yeah, you know the the sort of bikes that the high end regular bikes that we had are like sort of three hundred quid. You could easily, you know, relatively easily get ten of those into your bicycle hire stock. If you want an electric bike, they're two to three thousand. So you know, even with a bit of discount, that same three grand is only get you two, only going to get you two bikes into your hire stock. That's you know quite a big outlay if you're a a cycle rental firm. Yeah, uh, 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 just to have available to offer. Um, yeah, interesting. Well, because when we were in the lakes, actually, there was a, a cycle, and I noticed that a lot of the cycle places, the bigger ones, are now most of the stock seems to be electric bikes. And uh, as you say, it's such mm. an investment because they're, they're not cheap. Um, I don't know if they have like special higher ones that maybe get mass producing they're not quite as good as your yeah. as your normal ones that maybe they get them a bit cheaper or something i don't know but i don't know don't know it's an interesting business model because that's an awful lot of hires you've got to do before you cover the cost of a bike that's going to need constantly maintained and, and things yeah. but yeah very very tempted to get one one yeah. day uh, and of course they're all they're, i mean they're all electric yeah i mean they're very yeah they're, they're very clever i mean things obviously because it's an electric bike it has yeah. lights built in <laughs> which you think oh that's a good idea and you got a little a little clip on screen that tells you you know 
speed and your distance and all, all those other state of the battery and whatever else. Yeah. But very, very clever, very sophisticated, but not cheap. Um, I think my son paid a couple of grand for his. So, yeah, um, we're having a little bit of a, a late um, summer heat wave now. I think this is the last weekend where it's going to be really nice. So try and enjoy that a little bit before uh, the nights start drawing in. In fact, it's it's getting cooler in the mornings. It's lovely during midday, uh, during the middle of the day. But first thing in the morning, it's uh, it's a little bit chilly. So oh, we've had frost up here. Winter is you have. Oh goodness, no, we haven't had any of that in the northeast. But yeah, it's beautiful today. It's gorgeous. Yeah, most of the stuff that I've been sorting out is getting the house ready to sell and all that side of things. And yes, of course, one of the whole deliberations. And honestly, it's like the most complicated slide puzzle in the world. Or trying to move house with a workshop and kids and while winding down a business and setting up a new business, kind of, you know. Yeah, so it's, yeah, Joel, the balls are in the air. What are you going to do about the workshop? Are you going well, to reconvert it to a garage, or are you going to leave it as it is and have it as an added workshop? I'm giving people the option, because what I don't want, first of all, I don't want to strip it all out quite yet, because I don't know how long it's going to take for our house to sell. Yeah, and I, sure. the, having the workshop there is very handy for a lot of the jobs that I'm even just doing in, in my own house. And obviously for make, making videos as well. Um, yeah. Although I've got no shortage of videos that I can film outside the workshop. So that I'm not too bothered about that. Yeah. Um, but it's trying to get the timing right of when do I start dismantling it? Yeah. Because... I've got nowhere to put everything. Every, once it's dismantled, everything's just going to sit in the garage and it'll look awful. Whereas at the minute, it looks, even if you don't want a workshop, it looks quite impressive. Um, so I'm kind of saying to people, you know, I'll be stripping all this out. Or if you want it left at and leave it, you know, yeah. I, would, I would probably yeah. rather strip it out because I'll use almost everything for the new workshop where I'm moving to mm. um but equally you know for the sake of 500 quid's worth of plywood or whatever in the scheme of things it, it whether i leave it or, or take it it basically doesn't make much difference i would certainly obviously be taking the benches and all everything else i was thinking at the back of my mind of just not telling anyone i was moving and literally just starting up in a new workshop and see if I can get the new workshop to look <laughs> exactly like the old workshop. Exactly like the old workshop. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think the practicalities of that aren't really going to work. So I'm going to have to just come clean and say, no, I, I am moving. There's probably going to be a period of time. Um, but I'm looking at this very long term. You know, sure. this isn't a six month. This is a five, ten year plus thing at least. I, I can see five, ten years down the line of videos that I can be making. I can get three or four years of videos just out of renovating this property that we're moving to. So, and and that on its own will will probably Swiss Family McClellan Restoration Company. Well, yeah, to a degree. Um, so we'll we'll see where things go. But yeah, so the workshop's very much in limbo at the minute. I, I can't really start dismantling it yet, and I don't want to until we're at the point where I need to, and I might not have to. So it's. <laughs> As I say, it's one of these kind of slightly complicated things of, you know, well, it's just a bit of a chicken and egg thing of getting the, depending on where we end up. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to be building a workshop at the bottom of the garden. I don't know if I'm going to be converting the garage. I don't know if it's going to have a garage that's already fine the way it is and all I need to do is clad the walls a bit. And so 
we shall see. Lots of unknowns. Yeah, fascinating. But it's exciting. Exciting and terrifying. It is a little bit, but it's fun. On that note, shall we wrap it up? Uh, yes, let's uh, say a quick shout-out uh, to all of our wonderful Patreon supporters. I'll start. Uh, let's say thank you to Chris, uh, to Paul at Cunningham Customs Creations, uh, Peter Tone, Dominique Kajinson, CJ, Tony Carnell, James Taylor, Phil Wilson, James Ian Wilson, and Jay Wong. And I would also like to thank Brendan at the Shades Workshop, Michael Stringer, Jacek Sadlon, John T. Lynch... Tim Bowers, Douglas Steele, Ben Harker, Sam Valiant, Gareth Hopkins and Andrew Cartledge. And remember, you can get your name onto our list of random shout-outs for the show if you're supporting us at over $3 over on Patreon. Uh, as always, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you have the time and the energy, please uh, head on over to iTunes and give us a, a rating or a review, if possible. We have over uh, 230 positive five-star reviews over there on itunes at the moment and uh, anything you can leave for us really does help to push us further up the stack on itunes you can support the show uh, and get the after show at patreon.com forward slash measuring up podcast uh, andy where can people follow you you can find me on gosforth handyman on youtube and gosforth handyman on instagram and gosforth andy on twitter and where do we find you, Peter? I am 10 Minute Workshop on uh, YouTube. I'm at 10 Minute Workshop on Instagram and at 10 Minute Shop on Twitter. Uh, you can post feedback for the show at Measuring Up PC on Twitter or indeed use the uh, web contact form uh, measuringuppodcast.com. Okay, we're also on Instagram at Measuring Up Podcast. And we've got so much stuff planned for this season of the podcast. We're going to be chatting about all sorts of things, some of the funniest and weirdest jobs that we've worked on over the years, and mm. limited company versus being self employed, and what our typical day is like. And we've got so many things planned for this season. So do come back. I know today's been a bit of an update episode, but hopefully you've found it interesting you can come and join us now over on the patreon only after show available to all patreon supporters so we shall see you over there we will indeed thanks so much and uh, we'll see you then bye